This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is happening, gang? We have got another action-packed episode of the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the quarterbacks from 2021. This is one of the more fascinating episodes of the show in the sense that we get the vibe for who's been playing well, who's not been playing well, and we look at a couple of the key statistical markers. One of them is kind of an analysis of QBR that I think you're going to find really fascinating to determine who is going to be well-positioned to make a run in the playoffs. But before we dive into today's show, I wanted to talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props and odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. All right, gang, here we go. It's quarterbacks from 2021 on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian. I got kind of jacked before today's episode in the sense that I thought we would probably spend this quarterback episode talking about how the AAF rides again as the quarterback from Orlando led the Washington football team to a dominant victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Unfortunately, didn't happen. He had, Gilbert looked decent last night, but that is to dovetail us into it is our quarterbacks in 2022 review. How are we doing today, guys? I'm sure you were rooting hard for the old uh, AAF, AAF talent last night. Well, I, I certainly was. Uh, me too. You got to go with our alumni. And, yeah. hey, the, and the receiver on the other team. And we, we, we got a few guys. Hey, if Gibby doesn't get hurt, I think that we the WFT wins that game. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Listen, it, th- these are all JV games. Uh, <laughs> and they've been entertaining, actually. It's but true. The, uh, the varsity comes back. Uh, well, not they will, we'll still have some JV games this weekend. Next next. Uh, Next week, Varsity comes back with the new rule. The uh, yeah. Um, okay, we're going to talk about quarterbacks here. We're going to talk about them in a in a macro sense, um, but with a focus on who's playing well and who isn't, and and again debunking some myths. Uh, now we can spend five shows going into all of the various numbers that appear here uh, in the official NFL stats. But what I've done is broken this down into basically four categories. Number one, yards, which is 
almost meaningless except as a baseline. The NFL makes yards really important. It's really not important to winning except via a baseline. Um, the, the yards, the gross yards um, statistic is, is almost meaningless. And, and so I'll give you the, the broad brush approach to that now. Anything under over 3,500 yards is okay. 4,000 yards, big deal. I mean, you know, yeah, Tom Brady's going to throw for 4,000 yards. It, wonderful. That's great. Great. Um, it, it's not dispositive in terms of winning. Average per pass attempt is really important. And you want that to be 7.3 or above. Anything below 7.3, very worrisome with respect to the passing game. And we're talking here largely about the quarterback, but the passing game, the receivers, the protection, all of that is, is important. Um, so yards, average per pass uh, uh, attempt, um, touchdowns, of course, interceptions, and then we're going to use QBR today rather than the NFL's quarterback, gross quarterback rating, simply because QBR is easy to understand. It's a hundred scale. So if a guy is at 64.1 QBR, he's doing pretty well. Right. Right. So uh, th those are the numbers we're going to talk about. And then we'll get into why those numbers are there and why these guys are there and, and where their teams are. So, okay. We open with, of course, TB 12, 4,348 yards. 7.2 average. Eh. Yeah, a little low. Eh. Yeah. An inch below the line. Yeah. Yep. But what this tells you is that if he's going to advance in the playoffs, he needs a full complement of receivers and a running game. Yeah. Which both of those things are in jeopardy a little bit right now, right? That is correct. They're not there now. It really won't matter because I think they're going to win the division. But it, but if they're not there in the playoffs, it's going to be tough. And and one of them, one of those is not going to be in their playoffs for sure. So, and for the record, New England fans, I am not picking on Tommy. Uh, we're just looking at the numbers, and we're talking about the people that are that are uh, surrounding him. Or Tampa Bay fans, Tampa Bay fans. Well, no, New England fans still love Tommy. They, they, right. They, no, they, I said or. or. They, yeah, Bill, yeah, Bill is turning his R's. And they, and they, and they, still, and they still hate me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, TD's 38, interceptions 11. That's a, that's a bit high for him, but, you know, still okay. 64.1 QBR. So that, that, that's fine. So what are the numbers we worried about? 7.2, and that's a function of the people around him. The next guy, Derek Carr, the quarterback the media loves to hate. Let's look at his numbers. 4,162 yards, pretty damn good. They pretty throw good. the ball down the, the field very well. Part of that is Ruggs, who is no longer there. So we have to acknowledge that going forward. 7.8 average. Woo-wee. Pretty yeah. good. There you go. Pretty good. Al, somewhere, Al Davis is smiling. 
Yeah. He is. He now has a quarterback who can throw deep. Um, uh, 19 TDs, 11 interceptions, not so hot. Not so hot. You want it in this day and age, three to one. And that's not there, obviously. And 53.4, which is just above, you know, that 50% line is what it takes to win. So Derek Carr is doing a great job passing the ball down the field, not so hot in taking care of the football. And, and of course, with rugs gone, that's, that's another issue. Hey, hey Bill, with, with yeah. Derek Carr, Rick has this whole system himself of these four categories. I, I'm wondering, is Derek Carr a quarterback that you sort of, is he an elite level sort of like you win because of him? Yeah. So, or is so he, Bill, let me just, Bill, let me just give you the four. Uh, the four are, um, and actually I've been talking to, this, to some people and somebody sent me a clip of a couple of media guys who had a similar thought, but the top category are, are quarterbacks you win because of, or who lift the team to a whole nother level, even if you can't win, let's say like Archie Manning in the old days. So because of the second one is quarterbacks you can win with the third level is quarterbacks you win despite. And the, the bottom level is you can't win with this guy at quarterback. What do you think? Um, I disagree with the third category. In my mind, that doesn't exist. You lumped the two bottom ones together. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the, uh, the guys at the, the guy at the top, you know, he, he either wins for you or you win with him. The idea of raising up a, a mediocre team. No. What would you say about an, an, a career of like of an Archie Manning then? I mean, he. Well, that's a different, it's a different era. It's a different club, completely different era. All right. Okay. But, but I guess, Bill, to, to this point, do you think that Derek has sort of emerged in that elite, elite category? No, no. Okay. He's in the next category. Okay. You could win with him. Right. But he will not win for you. He's right at the top of the next category. He's a dilemma. Because if you're looking for a quarterback and they're willing to trade him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's at the limit. He's right at the bottom of uh, the top of category two. Okay. But he hasn't advanced to category one. All right. Okay. Matthew Stafford, um, who has a uh, 4,142 yards, an amazing 8.3 uh, uh, average per attempt. 35 touchdowns, uh, 10 interceptions, uh, a 65.7 QBR. He's doing everything the Rams wanted him to do. Um, interestingly enough, I talked to someone very knowledgeable who said his only flaw is that he's not demanding enough of the guys around him. But guess what? The, the guy around him now that Woods is gone, Cooper Cup, is phenomenal. So, yeah, you know, he doesn't have to tell him where to go or what to do. <laughs> right. You know, Cooper Cup is perfect. So uh, look out for this team. Look out for this team because we know they got a good defense. Uh, and, and, and he's playing awfully well. The next guy is, uh, you know, the next great quarterback to come in the league, Justin Herbert. Uh, 4,058 yards, 7.5 per attempt, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. 
the, the, the 12 interceptions are a little high. He'll get a lot better at that. Um, and a QB of 66.2. Um, the next guy is. But, but hey, Bill, but with Herbert, I mean, these numbers are bananas, right? For year two. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are, if you look at the sort of all time grades, is he pacing past? Maybe even where like Peyton was at year two in the development process. He's kind of right where Peyton was. Okay. Yeah. This, this is an elite quarterback who hasn't really gotten all the way to, to his prime yet. He's going to get a lot better. And the coach needs to help him by the way, by kicking field goals. But <laughs> yeah, that would, that would, uh... I, I love Brandon, but, but as someone said to me yesterday, he's a rookie coach and he's, he's learning. So and he's learning not to trust the analytics people. Interestingly enough, a friend of mine and everybody, you know, everybody who listens to this podcast knows I root for my friends. I make no bones about it. And of course, Tom Telesco is one of my closest friends. So um, and, and I, I love what they've done. And so a friend of mine called me the day after the game and said, what would you have done? And I said, well, probably the wrong thing. And Tom won't do it. But what I would have done would be taking everyone in the analytics department and, and march them into the team meeting uh, uh, on Monday morning and said, analytics guys, apologize to all those guys out there that played their tails off for 60 minutes. Why did you let them down? Right. You're responsible. They played well enough to win. Right. Well, how about this? They're the guys who actually play. Yeah, you're sitting up in the in a, yes. My point being, chair. my point being, in an overstated, uh, probably uh, not very professional way, the analytics people must bear responsibility for what they do. They don't get to pull the Nate Silver. Oh yeah, we predicted that Hillary right. Clinton would win, and she won the popular vote. They don't get to do that. No. They need to be held accountable for what they do. The players played 16 minutes and beat the living daylights out of the Kansas City Chiefs, and the analytics people let Brandon Staley down. I turned to Jen watching that game, and I said, babe, if this were Bill, the analytics people would be out of the state of Indiana, not just out of the city of Indianapolis. Yeah, that's exactly right. They wouldn't have been. Yes. I think there should be a new place on the waiver wire for analytics people. We'd be doing more than moving their golf carts into the middle of the pond. They would be. There's no question. There's no question about that. But my point is that the analytics analytics people must be held accountable for what they do. They don't get a free pass. They don't get a free pass because they sit behind computers. Uh, It's not all on the players and coaches. Um, So uh, the next great, these are the two great quarterbacks that are going to, square off in this league for, as people said on television the other night for the next good while and, and, and good for the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, uh, 4,052 yards. Um, he's, he's apparently in a slump uh, yeah, it's, well. <laughs> at 4,052. Uh, thank you. Media 7.4 average. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, 30 and 13 and uh, 58.2 QBR. If that's a slump, I'll take it. Uh, 
And if you look at the numbers just sort of across the season, a bulk of those 13 happened in the first four weeks. Yes. So That's it's right. like, who, who and what have this team been the last four or five weeks, and who wants to go to Kansas City in January in the AFC? I don't think anybody. Yeah, and look, people have figured out, starting with the Super Bowl last year, that if you stop Kelsey and you stop Tyreek, you certainly go a long way toward trying to control the Kansas City offense. Having said that, Patrick is as good as he's ever been. The numbers tell you that. The, the, what what, what the, the noise doesn't, but if you look at the numbers, you're getting ready to play Patrick Mahomes. Oh, 30 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Sure. Yeah. Where, where's the slump? Right. It doesn't at, exist. At, at, it doesn't exist. Yeah. At 4,050, at 7.4 yards per attempt. Both. So, uh, you know, let's be realistic here. Okay, the next the next guy is Josh Allen, and in my humble opinion, um, simply because of his style of play, he's not in the Herbert Mahomes category yet. Uh, and and so Josh is is uh, three thirty seven hundred thirty four yards. That, that's a pretty large difference between the two. Uh, the the makeup of that, by the way, are his legs in, in the in the Buffalo offense. Um, and uh, and 31 and 12, you know, that's, that's good enough. 7.1, good enough. 57.7 uh, QBR, good enough. So what has to happen here if Josh Allen has to play against Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, as I suspect he will at some point during the playoffs, they're going to have to be much more efficient either in the run game, either in the run game, or they got to be hitting on all cylinders in the passing game. Now, the good news for Buffalo fans is Knox has become a weapon. And so there is the opportunity to be better in that passing game than they, than they are now. Bill, in his case, um, in terms of just the sort of the eh, in the 7.1, do you think, is that more of a protection thing or what do you attribute that to? Yeah, it's a protection thing. Yes, it's a protection thing. Let's go to Sachs here for a second, uh, which I don't place a lot of, uh, a lot of. Uh, he's at 26. But he's got 26. Patrick is at 25. Herbert's at 27. Stafford's at 24. Carr is at 33. Uh, and and Brady is at 20. So he, he, they're kind of average, but the number is kind of average. But don't forget a lot of those he escapes. Yeah. Yeah. And that throws off the pass, the timing of the passing game, as happened in the New England game. You know, he, 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 the, the timing of the throw to Knox in the end zone, Knox was interfered with flag wasn't thrown but the timing of the throw to Knox was thrown off because he had he had a dodge a, a rush yep so um the pet you're correct the pass protection is an issue the next guy is an outlier Kirk Cousins uh 3656 7.3 which is interesting you don't anticipate that they're as efficient as that 
29 and six, which is the best he's ever done. And, and 52.3. But all of that efficiency is driven by their running game. That's a a running game driven pass game, you know, without the running game and the play action pass, these numbers would not be as good. And I know there are analytics people who are howling and saying, why are you making a, uh, making an excuse for him? And I'm not, it's, it's the eye test comes into play at some point in time. Um, Joe Burrow is next. Interestingly, Joe Burrow has not ascended either numbers wise or in, in my eyes in, into the Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes uh, atmosphere just yet, although he's coming on strong. Uh, 3,640 yards, 8.4 average. Here we go. He's exceedingly productive with the long ball. It's the Jamar Chase factor. Yes, the Jamar Chase factor. That's exactly correct. And uh, uh, 26 and 14, uh, you know, that's that's not good enough. That's not good enough. So not good enough in the red zone scoring touchdowns. And, you know, 14 interceptions is not terrible. It's not it's not ideal, but it's not terrible. Uh, and 49.0 QBR, which is below the playoff line of 50%. You want them to be 50% if you're going to be sure of being in the playoffs, and they're not sure of being in the playoffs. Um, so, uh, you know, there's room for improvement here, uh, but but the 8.4 is, is certainly trending in the right direction. Hey, hey, Bill, with, with Burrow, what would you say the two biggest things he has to work on to ascend to that Mahomes or Herbert category, or is that just a ceiling too far for him to ever hit? Oh, no, no, no. He, he can hit it. Okay. Uh, they, they need, they need a, a, a much better receiving back. They need another um, quality receiver. They need a quality tight end, and they need better protection. Okay. Do you do you see anything, Bill, in in uh, in terms of say the picks, in terms of his 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 judgment, his read of progressions, his footwork, or his throwing motion? That's also no. accounting for those, or is it? So it's the supporting cast that really is the main thing. That supporting cast, yeah. No, he's all fine. He's fine in all the other things. You know, his arm strength isn't isn't great, but that uh, we know that's not that's not a big issue. Um, Dak Prescott is next. He of the uh, Dak Prescott slump, as announced by Jerry Jones, um, 35.98, which, given the talent level there, you'd think would be better. I'll tell you why it's not in a second. 7.3, right on the right on the line. Uh, 25 and 10. You know, you'd like more touchdown passes, really. Uh, but that's that's okay. Forty-seven point three, a little bit below the, the the guaranteed playoff line. Although they certainly will be in the playoffs. Uh, why is there a slump? Uh, if there is one, a <clears throat> he needed to get some timing back and practice time back because of the ankle injury, and b he's had his running backs and his receivers in and out of the lineup for about the last four weeks. Yeah. 
if they get this starting cast on the field healthy together, look out. He'll be fine. Well, because even when the receiving core, he's played three games this whole season with Gallup, Cooper, and C.D. Lamb in the lineup. So you go, that's right. this is the team that's, especially with the injuries in Tampa, this is the team I'd be most afraid of going into the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. When you look at the talent level they actually have if everybody's there, Scott, as you've talked about for a, a lot of times, it's amazing, actually. You, you asked the question, why is he perceived to be in a slump? Because his supporting cast isn't there. Yeah, right. When the supporting cast is there, I, I suspect the talk of the slump will go away. Yeah, but you're right, Bill. He, he, he looks, at least to my eye, you know, you got to get back in that rhythm, right? When he came back from the injury, I mean, it's, you're just not the same yet, and he, he he wasn't, but now he is. I mean, yeah, now he's fine. Yeah, uh, and, and when he gets those people back, you know, he'll be fine. Is he as good as Tom in playing around injuries? No, because the thing he's not yet learned to do is to check the ball down, boom, immediately. Get at it from him. Yeah, that hot read thing. Yeah. So, you know, he he but he'll he'll get there. And that that's just a function of of, of age and and experience. The next guy is, you know depending on who you talk to. Uh, I'm a voter. I'm, I haven't made up my mind yet. But the guy that may be the, the MVP, Aaron Rodgers, um, again, yes, uh, 34-87. That's below what you might expect from them in gross yardage. There's a reason for that. They've had injuries at the receiver position. But – 7.9. There you go. Thank you very much. Exactly. And 30 and 4 Ooh. for a QB of 67.3. It's it's like the sequel. Yeah, 30 yeah. and 4. <laughs> this is just this is literally the same stat line from last. This is a sequel year. It is. Everybody yeah. think of the other numbers we've talked about and 30 and 4. <laughs> now, think about this, however. You've got the number one receiver. You've got Valdez Scantling. You've got the Boston College running back who's converting third uh, and short and fourth and short and goal line at a very high level. Where is the tight end? Well, they're all hurt. So the question is, who's going to emerge in the playoffs as the tight end that or the or the third receiver that he can rely upon. That's that's the that's the question going forward. As far as he's he's concerned, uh, you know everybody should break their toe uh, because the way he's playing with a broken toe and no practice is beyond belief. Um, okay, next guy Matt Ryan, uh, thirty three forty, which which given the quality of players around him is interesting. 7.0, not quite good enough, you know. Um, uh, 25. Uh, 18 and 11. 18 and 11, not good enough, not good enough. And uh, a, a 40, a 48.2, I believe. Am I reading this correctly? Yes, you are, 48. yeah. So Matt Ryan, interestingly enough, 
is a conundrum. If he's going to be released, and I'm not saying he is, would 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 your favorite team, for example, yes, take a chance on him? Yeah, the short answer is yes. Would they? Would he make them better? Yeah. When you look at these numbers, you say, mm, I don't know. I, but you got to look at it through the lens, though, maybe a little of that cupboard in Atlanta is pretty bare. You put him on our roster where maybe Samuel's healthy next year with McLaurin. You get another receiver in the draft. Year three of Gibby, McKissick comes back, and you know Logan's healthy. That's a much better supporting gas in Atlanta, don't you think? Yes, it is, and the defense is much better. The Atlanta defense is miserable. Yeah, so. So, Scott, are you throwing your boy under the bus this year? I mean, you want to – No, I mean, I I love Taylor. I think Taylor is a phenomenal top-tier backup quarterback in the league. If we could get Matty Ice to roll into next year, I would prefer that over Taylor, I think. Yeah, and and, and he matched a one-year probably band-aid at this stage of his career. I would agree. I would agree. I, 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 I kind of grit my teeth a little bit and say, mm, how much do we have to pay him? And, you know, but, but in the end, I agree. He's an upgrade. Uh, and, 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 and he does have nothing around him. So you, you have to, you know, you have to take that into consideration. Ben Roethlisberger, um, <clears throat> 32-14, which tells us that, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing – Father time. This, this, this is yeah. This is the last hurrah. The final. The final act. Yeah. This is the last hurrah. Um, Six point seven average. That's not good enough to win. Nineteen and seven, which is 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 you know, by Ben Roethlisberger's standards, off the charts. I mean, he's never been in that range. Um, and 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 what we're seeing is a guy who is is very near the end without a coherent offensive philosophy to help him without an offensive line to help him and with very inconsistent receivers, except for Friermuth, really, when you stop, when you stop and think about it, who can you count on other than Friermuth? Yeah. Um, the others are all, all flashes. They flash at you and then they drop touchdown passes. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's a sad way for a great, Hall of Famer to go out, but um, it, it, you know, it's it sort of, it feels that way. Um, the next is Jimmy G. And if you're in Washington, he's probably on your list and we could have a discussion about who's better. Um, I like but, the eight five. Yeah. I like Jimmy G. We're looking at 3172, 8.5 per attempt. 24, uh, 18 and 8, uh, which is uh, – <laughs> and, and, and 54.3. So he's over the, the playoff line, and that tells you if he keeps playing the way he's playing, they probably will make the playoffs. Uh, they have a good chance, certainly. Uh, but, you know, if you had to choose between – Matt Ryan, that you have to probably give up nothing for or, or something, you know, nothing of great value. And Jimmy G, who you may have to give up a fortune for, that might be a tough call. Might be a tough call. 
Yeah, I think you go Matt Ryan in that situation, at least in our universe. I think other places. The other thing that would bother me about Jimmy is he's not going to play a full season. So in our situation, having Taylor, maybe that makes sense, but you're not going to get 17 games out of him, and you're probably not going to get 14 out of him. But you are going to get more years than Matty Ice. Well, you will, yes, you will. That You, you posed the, the right question, Scott. Uh, what would you pay in salary and in draft capital for a player who's likely in a 17-game season a 13-game player? Right. What would you pay? I think now there's no guarantee that Matt's going to play a full season either at his age, but he has a long history of, of durability. Right. And, and he's from Philadelphia. So, come on. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, this, this is a, this is a hell of a conundrum. I mean, it's, it's, it's a choice you'd rather not make. It's not, it's not, it's not a beauty contest. But, but Taylor's, you, hope, Taylor's hoping they don't make that choice either. <laughs> but, but you know, if you're forced to, you're forced to. It certainly will be a discussion in the media, that's for sure. Now, we don't know that we don't know that Trey Lance is ready or they're willing to commit to him either. I mean, you, we're, we're, we're hypothesizing that Jimmy will be available. I'm not so sure that's 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 true necessarily, but we'll see. Um, the next man up is uh the rookie of the year in the National Football League. And, uh, and, I, and I can't do anything but applaud. It's wonderful to see a, a quarterback who plays with his head and, 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 and who's traditional uh, ascend. Um, and uh, uh, that, this is not to say that Mac is going to, Mac Jones is going to go uh, whipping through the playoffs. We saw the other night that, New England has vulnerabilities, and 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 Mac did not play well the other night. Uh, neither did his counterpart in Indianapolis. The game was really kind of too big for both of them. But it's that's a learning experience. That's why that's why you do it. Uh, so he is uh, thirty-one sixty-eight. Uh, that's a function of who he's got with him. There, there, you know, there's not a lot of great receivers there. Seven point four. That's fine. Uh, 18 and 10. That's what that's that's joyous for a rookie. <laughs> uh, you know, he, that's fine. And 52.2 over the playoff line. So Mac Jones has separated himself, as I said on last week's show, by 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 galaxies, by solar systems from every other rookie quarterback. Um, next guy. Up. Hey, Bill, one quick question. Yes. Do you think if, let's say, you drop Trevor Lawrence into that situation, would he be having a similar season? I think so. Okay. Yes, I think so. Okay. Uh, now, what Trevor has not learned to do, and he must learn to do, is to rely on his team and not his legs. His default, the great thing about Mac is, he knows he has no legs. Right. Yeah. His default position is get rid of the ball. Yeah, that's true. Right. Although throw it in the, in, throw it in the stands. He is a four seven three guy, though. Well, that's okay. That's no, fine, I know, but, but that's even more impressive. He's a better athlete than people think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, all these guys are. They're great yeah. athletes. Of but course they are. The default position for Trevor has always been 
Okay, nothing there. Let me go make a, a play with my rights. And and he, he can't he can't continue to do that. He's got to learn to make a play with his arm and his head, which he will do. So I suspect that he probably might not have been as 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 good as Mac, but I also suspect that they they would have coached the living daylights out of him. So he would have been improving greatly instead of instead of wandering around in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's doing in Jacksonville. Um, for that team and for that system in Belichick, couldn't have gotten anybody better than Mac. I couldn't mean, have gotten anybody better, you know, from central casting. He got him, and he sat right there and waited for him to fall. I mean, I, Unbelievable. I can't, I can't applaud that loudly enough. And, and we can't say what you told me when I asked you how he pulled that off with that Danner. <laughs> but it's unbelievable. I don't know how he does it. But anyhow, okay. Okay. Ryan Tannehill. This is surprising, but on the other hand, when you stop and think about it, not surprising. This was a running back-driven team, uh, 3,118 yards, 6.9, which is which is less than you want, uh, 14 and 14. That's not that's not Ryan's better than that actually, and uh, and, and 51.4. This is a function of an offense that's built around. Uh, uh, an absolutely dominant running back and the running back isn't there. And so the functionality of the offense just implodes. This is an offensive line. that was built to block for the run and they, and they can't block for the drop back pass when that's all that's left for you to do. So uh, it's a rough year. Uh, I believe, you know, this is, I would be accused of playing favorites here, but and, and I probably am. But I, Ryan Tannehill's better than this. But I don't know that they necessarily can change enough to affect the playoffs going forward. Kyler Murray is our next contestant. Um, surprisingly, surprisingly. And I, I have to admit that I've been seduced by the hype. Uh, in his case, I have. And, and and shouldn't be, but nonetheless, I have. Um, 3,039 yards. Now, he's missed some time, but uh, but still, that's not, ter- you know, not um, great. 8.4 is the hype. He throws the moon ball, and he, and he you know, tiptoes along the sideline and and, 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 you know, throws the moon ball and, and gets gigantic gains when you cover people one-on-one. Um, 25, uh, 20 and 10, just barely good enough. Um, and, and 56.2, and that's a function of the 8.4. So if, 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 if I'm playing Kyler Murray... I'm saying to my defense the following. He wants to play outside the pocket, and we're not letting him outside the pocket. I don't care if we lay a hand on him. He's not getting outside the pocket. We're making him play 5'10 inside the pocket. And the minute you get stymied getting to him, get your hands up. Create a picket fence that's seven or eight feet tall. And make him throw over it. Hands up, not hands on. 
Yeah. Hands up, not hands on. Great coaching point. Secondly, get one yard below his drop level. Stop. You get one yard below his drop level, stop. He got beat last week. The Rams beat him as luckily as could possibly happen because they were, even on the last play of the game, they ran by his level. You can't do that. You can't give him space. He has to be squeezed constantly. Secondly, he's one of the few players, and I can't remember Fran Tarkington well enough to tell you um, whether he did this or not. I, I can't. I think I would remember it if he did. He wants to be on the sideline. There are very few people with the ball in their hand who want to be near the sideline. Right. Yeah. And defensive coaching premise is funnel everybody to the sideline. Spill it. The sideline's your friend as a defender. With Kyler Murray, the sideline is not your friend. That's where he wants to be. Uh, you, know, you know, Bill, my memory of Fran Tarkington is that he, when he was backing and forthing, he wasn't even going that wide toward the sideline. You know, it was sort of beyond the hashes, but not towards the sideline, you know? Yeah, that's my memory as well. That's my memory as well. But in this particular case, uh, he wants to be on the sideline. He's comfortable over there. So, um, you know, you don't want him out of the pocket. If you keep him in the pocket and you build a fence around him, it doesn't matter whether you sack him or not. Uh, he may, he's like he did the other night. He'll sack himself. Right. He'll run into the sack. Uh, once you, once you frustrate him and, and don't let him out of the pocket. Um, and so the numbers are revealing in the sense that the 8.4 is real. Those are those moon balls. Is he Russ yet? Not, not by a long shot. And, and I don't know if he ever will be. Um, but he's not Russ at, at, at this stage of this game. Um, and, and he does incredibly spectacular things, incredibly spectacular, which is why I was deceived by the hype too. But when you, when you really look at the numbers, you say, okay, I see, you know, I see what's going on here. Now, the other question is, who is he going to have in the playoffs as, as his, as his receivers? And then the, the final question is, what is Cliff Kingsbury, who's a very talented coach, going to do if, if people figure out that they, that they need to keep him, that they need to build a fence around him and keep him in the pocket? Um, now, having said that, by the way, there are certain defensive line coaches and defensive linemen who will never, ever be able to do that. They can't bring themselves to do it. Right. It's, it's against their nature. It's not in their DNA. They want to go sack the quarterback. They want to go knock him on the ground. You know, they want to beat him into submission. Uh-uh. Not with this guy. He, his his skill set is spectacular, including being the best thrower when when he can when he doesn't have to throw over an eight foot picket fence and can see down the field. He's the best natural thrower of all the young quarterbacks in the league. Mm -hmm. He's amazing, an amazing thrower, amazingly accurate. That's why the, that's why the comparisons to Russ with the moon ball are always made because, uh, you know, he can throw the moon ball every bit as good as Russ. That's why the 8.4 is there. 
and, and he's and he's he's exceedingly accurate with it. Uh, this is a talented, talented passer, which is why I'm anxious to see what Cliff Kingsbury does with him as they come down the stretch, and and, and what they do to make help him be more effective, to help him showcase those amazing skills. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, you have to be worried about injury with with him. Obviously, he's injuries before and. And, you know, when he's out there running, um, you know, that, that's that's a risk you take with every running quarterback. And 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 not a not a big guy. No, any stretch. And not, no, and not a big guy. Right. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab grown diamonds are the brightest gifts of the year. Using cutting edge technologies and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds you can find at a light price. Eight hundred dollars per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Price so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com today to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Hey, Bill, in the, in the game with Detroit this past weekend, how much of that was Arizona having a bad game? Or as we talked about last week, you saw Detroit do a lot of the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You did. They, 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 had, a, they had a pretty good plan. The combination of a good plan, a lot of tape to look at and, and dissect, and a good coaching job by the Detroit staff, and good execution by the Detroit linemen. Uh, it's interesting to note that they don't have any big, big sackers. Yeah, outside of outside of Okawara, they don't really have a leap. Outside of Okawara, they don't have people who are hunting sacks. Yep. So it makes it easier. It makes it easier to do. I'll tell you what, Bill. I've been impressed by when you look at teams with similar records over you know over history. Man, those guys. Don't take a debt. They play hard all game, every game, which to me, were, with where they were sitting, that was very impressive or is very impressive. Yeah. And then you have the combination of, of the fact that people look at their record and you look at them on film and you say, well, there's nobody here that frightens us. You know, that's human nature. That, that can happen. That's a, the so-called trap game. So I don't worry too much about uh, you know, about how they played against Detroit. Uh, I, I worry about, you know, it, 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 in Indianapolis's case this week, this is a bad matchup for Indianapolis because Indianapolis's defense is built on getting up the field and, and knocking the quarterback down. Um, you give this guy a lane to run in, he's gone. He's gone. So, this is a bad matchup for Indianapolis. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they play. And I haven't talked to Frank Reich about it. Um, I, I'm just anxious to see how they play. They do have a couple guys that they put their hands up pretty tall. I feel like DeForest Buckner would be like 12 feet tall with his hands up. Yeah, but I but but I can picture Quiddy Pay, who has not yet learned that the quarterback has a certain drop level and that he's got to reach it. I can I can picture him running by, <laughs> <laughs> a 
Kyler and Kyler waving at him. See you, Quiddy. And and shaking his hand. Thank you, buddy, at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, the next is Jared Goff. Again, supporting cast. He doesn't have any receivers, really. Um, Reynolds is about as close as it comes to a, to a playmaker. Uh, 3,007 yards, 6.5. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's hard. That's hard to handle. Um, 17 and 8, which is not what you want, really. Um, so, and, and a 36.3 to BR. This is not all on him. This is not all on him. And if I were, we, we keep pointing at Washington, but they're, they're not the only quarterback needy team. They're just the one that's most prominent. Um, I, he'd have to be in the discussion for me. He'd have to be in the discussion. And I'd want to put on the film and, and take a good, hard look at the film. Now, I was not, when he came out of college, I was not jumping up and down. Um, I didn't buy into the hype then. And certainly all that hype is now gone. Um, but if I'm, if I'm a quarterback needy team, I got to think about it. I got to think about it. And whether or not they believe he can lead them to the promised land is another question altogether. Next man is Carson Wentz, who, uh, who belongs in this area, sad to say. Um, uh, 3,000, uh, 3,005 yards, 7.0, just barely good enough. Uh, 23 and six, that's okay. Uh, and 58.2. Uh, pretty good. So pretty good. Um, doing good with his legs, but, um, you know, to put it in a nutshell, when you scheme up as well as they did to open the game the other night at home against their hated rival. Um, and, and by the way, make no mistake, all of the, the fight, the, 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 you know, all of the, that's real. Um, there's nobody in the division that the Indianapolis Colts feel as strongly about as the, as the, as the New England Patriots. And, and the two organizations are, let me, let me put it this way, they're not friendly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, there's, a, there's a Hatfield-McCoy history yeah, there. Yeah, certainly with the fans and to a large extent with the organization. Um, I was, you know, I, Jeff Saturday and I had good relationships with Mr. Kraft, but you know, the rest of the organizations weren't, you know, weren't terribly friendly. So um, that was a big game. And and to have a touchdown and miss it to start the game, wow, that's tough. Now, to his everlasting credit, he came back and overcame it and, and played pretty well. Uh, not great. But, of course, Frank Reich did a great job of scheming and, and the running backs – incredible and 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 the offensive line is great and defense played as well as any defense has ever played against new england including the ones i was associated with and very proud to be associated with that defense played as well as i said as any defense has ever played against the wing 
Um, and you can say, well, Tom Brady wasn't there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Bill Belichick's there. And uh, so great credit to them. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in the playoffs if they get that far. Um, I, I will say this. Um, New England was a better matchup for for Indianapolis's defense than is Arizona. You know, matchups count in the NFL. Strengths and weaknesses, what the other team does. This, this is a tougher – Arizona is actually a tougher matchup. Um, uh, so moving on, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 29-45, uh, 5.8, you know, oof is right, uh, 9-14, and 14, um, 31.7. Um, a function not necessarily of Trevor Lawrence, but of the dysfunction around him. You got to feel bad for him at some. I mean, this yeah. is crazy. Yes, yes. You know, if you said to me, "Is is Trevor Lawrence a hell of a lot better than these numbers?" and is his ceiling? And I hate that term, but it, it, can he grow into a top? 10 quarterback, the answer is yes. I, I don't believe that. But but they have to make the right decision with, with respect to the organization and the coach and the system they're going to put them in and the kind of people they have around them, the quarterback, coach, etc. And if they don't, if they continue to wallow around as an organization, then Trevor Lawrence will be out of there after five years. Yeah, you feel like you're watching the Alex Smith movie again if you're not careful. Well, the odds would tell you that you are. This is not an organization with, you know, a track record of success. Um, so other than with Tom Coughlin, twice actually, you know, once when they went to the when they went to the championship game recently with the without a quarterback and a great defense and back in Tom's early years. Other than that, there's been nothing. Um, so he's better than this, but, but this is abysmal. I mean, you, you, you can't, you can't deny it. Next is uh, Washington's favorite son, Taylor Heineke. Gotta love him. 2,931 yards, 7.0, 19 and 12. 46.0 QBR uh, below the playoff line. And for those that are not believers in Taylor, they will point to those numbers and say, there they are. They don't lie. He is what he is. And for those that love him and are inspired by him and, and, and want to see him succeed and believe that he can succeed, they say, yeah, well, those numbers don't count. He's a winner. He finds a way to win. Etc. Etc. That discussion uh, will go on during this offseason, but the numbers are what they are. So, you, you know, you just have to you just have to recognize that. But I think the the sort of irrefutable statement would be he's the best backup quarterback in the league, right? Well, I don't know that I'd go that far. Okay, but I'd say if you. Um, if you're looking for a backup quarterback that you could count on, he's your man. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, he has to prove as a backup that he's Frank Reich. But does he have the same qualities? I would think so. Yes. Yeah. I guess it also counts whether you count Teddy Bridgewater as a backup or a true starter. That's true. That is true. Well, Teddy, you know, I count Teddy as a backup. And a good one. And a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next is uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, 2,882 yards. That's that's a, a, an amazing figure when you think with your brain and not your eyes and emotion. Because you think about, oh, wow, Lamar, throw it down the field to the tight end. Throw it to Hollywood Brown, right? Duvernay, yeah. The numbers don't reflect that. Uh, 7.5, okay, you know, good enough. Um, 16 and 13, not good enough. Not good enough. Not by a long shot. So, and a, and a, a as you might imagine, a 50% rating just on the borderline. And uh, that's why this division is the way it is. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and our next contestant is, uh, let's jump over to Jalen Hurts for a minute because we don't have, this, these numbers don't reflect last night so let's jump over him for the moment and, and and go to the division look at baker mayfield um 12 games he's missed uh some time um 2603 not surprising given the offense 7.6 not surprising given the offense good enough certainly and uh 13 and 7 not good enough by a long shot. Wow, 13 touchdowns, not, not, not good enough. And two to one, uh, actually less than two to one, not good enough, uh, 38.7. Uh, why? Uh, simply because he is not effective in the pocket. Just like Kyler Murray, he's not terribly effective in the pocket. He's got to be outside of it, and and they, they've done a great job of crafting an offense that allows him to do that in a run-heavy offense. But back to your original premise, um, can Baker Mayfield win for you on his own? No, no. Right. Yeah. Can he win with a with a with a good team around him? Yes. Right. And of course, you throw Lamar into that same in-pocket category. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. That that's correct. Lamar <laughs> has has arresting talent, you know, to make people miss and run the option and do all the wonderful things that he does within the context of that that offense, which which Mayfield can't do. Uh, but you know, in Lamar's case, as someone said to me last week, um, you know, he's a smaller body than Cam. And the serious injury came earlier than Cam. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that probably says it all because you can win and probably win big with Lamar, but how, for how long will he, will, will how he long? be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and with his leg, you know, 
Bill, to me, not not only does he have, you know, I've having watched him so much um, extraordinary avoid, but um, that initial burst, you know, that 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 off the mark, that step is unbelievable. I've never seen anybody, including running back, who goes from zero to 60 as fast as he does. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. So if you go through the division, interestingly enough, Joe Burrow is QBR of 49. Um, Lamar is a QBR of 50. Baker Mayfield is a QBR of 38.7. And Big Ben is a QBR of 40, which tells you why the division is the division. Somebody's going to win it. Right. (laughs) Bill, to our earlier question, if you dropped Matt Ryan into the Browns roster, is this a 10 or 11 win team at this point in the season or maybe nine wins? Boy, that's an interesting question. Because this, to me, seems like the Washington question all over. This is a ready, set deal. Is a Matt Ryan improve that? Yeah, because this defense, Matt Ryan improves it because this defense is 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 so much better. It's worlds better than Atlanta's defense. So yes, he does improve it. Yes, with Chubb and Hunt and the receivers yeah. and two good tight. I mean, and Joku. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No question. Uh, uh, Landry, you know, this is a this is a really good football team, uh, and Baker Mayfield's just along for the ride. Um, yeah, Matt would improve it, I think. And he would play really well in that. Isn't that kind of the ideal system for him? Um, no, because he's not a he 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 he's not really a bootleg quarterback. I mean, he he's a but 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 look, he fits. He fit. They can make him fit. They can make him fit. I hadn't thought about that. That's an interesting question. I was just thinking the 49ers analogy of that great year he had in Kyle's offense. You wonder in Kevin yeah. Stefanski's offense how that would look. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, our next contestant is Jalen Hurts. Uh, we'll, we'll, the numbers are are not reflective totally of what's going on because they don't include last night, which was a big night for him. 2731, 7.2, which is okay. Uh, 14 and 9. Eh, you know, so so. Uh, in fact, worse than so so. You, you you want better than two to one. And in 46.7. So, you know, uh, below the middle of the pack, below the 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 number necessary to make the playoffs, generally speaking. Um, that number, of course, will skew this year because of seven in the playoffs. I'm using the, the old six-team standard. Um, so, uh, you know, just a, just a guy uh, who can do really good things with his, with his feet and, and, and who has lots of moxie and, 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 and lots of competitiveness and lots of smarts and uh, – Washington still hasn't figured out how to defend the triple option, which they ran last night and did a phenomenal job of. Nope. So, uh, also, how f- horrifying was it on one of those triple option plays to see Kelsey outrunning Miles Sanders down the middle of the field? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, 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 he had a bit of a head start. but He did, but he was moving. <laughs> but he was moving, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um so now it, it, it is the last of the 
of the Mohegans, so to speak, uh, of the people that are, are named quarterbacks. Now we got one more to go. Um, Russell Wilson, uh, 24-58. Wow. 11 games, so he's missed the, he, he missed some time. That, that's used the number. 7.7, that's perfectly fine. That's the moon ball, and, 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 it, and it's great. And he, and he, he's never, he's never lost that 16 and five. That's well below his standard and, and 49.3, which is just on the borderline, just on the borderline. So what it's telling you is that Russ is not having a great year, largely due to the injury. Uh, these numbers would be incredibly better, but for the injury. And, and second of all, that, you know, this defense is is not playing at, at the level, I mean, not even close to the level of the Legion of Boom. And and there's work to be done, you know, to, to rehab this team, to get it back to where it was. But is Russ uh, with a healthy hand um, still uh, certainly good enough to win with? Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, there, there's a body of work that you have to look at and he's proven who he is. Yeah. Now he's not a big guy either. And he, and he got a a pretty debilitating injury. So you have to worry about that. You have to worry about that. But, um, you know, he does have a body of work that would tell you if you want to take a chance on somebody of all the guys who, who the who the talking heads speculate may be out there? He is probably the most desirable. Now, you know whether he's going to leave and where he's going to go and what it's going to cost. We'll we'll let that stay for another day. Um, Daniel Jones is hurt and will not play the rest of the year, and the numbers are, you know, six point seven, not good enough. Um, you know, 10 and 7, not good enough, 41.8. Um, the jury is out, and the injury certainly compounds it. Um, and, and the answer is, if, if he were, if they were not to pick up his option, I guess they have. So if they were to make him available, what would you pay for him? Right. My answer is certainly not a one. No. Yeah. Certainly not a one. Um, it's hard with that one when he said the jury's out, not to say who will be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more than a little irony in that in that remark. Yeah. Yes, there is. That's true. Uh, okay. Our next contestant is Tua. I said we had one name guy left, and it's Tua. Uh, he is 21-41, 7.1, which, given the quality of his receivers, is, is pretty damn good. I mean, that's good enough to win. 14-8, uh, not good enough. But, but, and, and, but 56.3. Pretty good. Pretty good. Because he's learned to be efficient. He's learned to be efficient. And he's improving and getting better. 
is he the guy that can, can, can Tua take you to the promised land on his own? No. He's going to be a group two quarterback. But I think he'll be a good group two quarterback if he stays healthy. The injuries and the body worry me. But if, if he stays healthy, you can win. With but, Bill, Bill, to that question, would you rather have a potential elite quarterback or a good group two quarterback and four years worth of number one draft picks? Who's the group two quarterback? Well, I'm saying in this scenario, in the Deshaun Watson versus inevitable media Tua argument that we're walking into this offseason, I think you'd rather keep Tua in the picks, right? No, I'd rather have Deshaun Watson. Oh, look at that. Okay. Because he can win for you, assuming all the other stuff. Yeah, is- yeah, just from a football standpoint. Yeah. Assuming the most important ability. Correct. Yeah. Availability. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he can win for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's definitely in the win for you. He is a better version. He is a better version. A more efficient win, uh, a more efficient version of Lamar and Kyler Murray. Hey, another another Miami question. Brian Flores has got to get an unbelievable amount of credit for this. I mean, he certainly does. I mean, this is coach of the year. I mean, disaster start to turn it around, you win six in a row, where this team very easily can make the playoffs. Yes. He, 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 he's done a remarkable job, as has Chris Greer, and has the whole organization, including the owner, who, who have said, go ahead, do your thing. You know, yeah. let's don't react to public pressure. Let's don't react to the bad start. Let's, you know, just let's, let's just go do our thing. And, and, and they deserve a great deal of credit. And you're right. They may come sneaking into the playoffs through the back door. And, 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 and if they do, uh, their, their guys, they have not, the door wasn't open. They've jimmied the lock. They right. did it themselves. Okay. Now we're into, uh, now we're into the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the back end of things. Um, Sam Darnold, uh, only played nine games, um, 1986, 6.5, not good enough. And, and the big number, 7 and 11. You know, is he ever, he threw a lot of interest. You know, Dominique, who I worked with for a number of years, over close to 20 years, always used to say, turn off the radio and television, put on the film, and players, even at the college level, will tell you what they're going to be in the National Football League. And what was Sam's biggest flaw at USC? Turn it over. Yep, yep. Except in a bowl game that really mattered. Yeah. And you'd say, oh, well, yeah, he he turned it over, but he shrugs it off and comes back and plays better. Well, when you go up in class, you can't shrug it off and come back and play better. They make you pay for it. The opposition makes you pay. So that's his problem. And, and, and it hasn't changed. Zach Wilson is the poor guy has been hurt. Um, he's wandering around in, in, in never, never land. Um, he doesn't have a lot around him. Uh, six and a level, the, you know, the, the 22.5, the, the numbers are awful. Uh, 
but he wasn't ready to play coming out of BYU. And because he only had one good year at the, you know, at the college level, uh, he, 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 he fit the Parcells uh, criteria perfectly. Um, and, uh, you know, how scarred is he by this year? He's already been hurt. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. They've got to build talent around him. I don't think they have. And, um, and that's a shame. Um, but the jury is, is very much out on him. Um, I saw a statistic yesterday done by an analytics guy at ESPN that I'll mention in the context of Justin Fields. Um, he said that no one historically with the quarterback rating of Justin Fields and Zach Wilson has ever amounted to much in the National Football League, has ever become a quality starter. I don't know that that's an accurate statistic, number one, but it was shocking to me. And, and obviously, if you're the Jets, and obviously if you're the Bears, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning, you got to wake up and say, I'm worried. If it's true, I'm nervous. Well, I mean, can you do that off the sample saw? I mean, that 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 seems a little harsh to me, to, to, to judge a guy's whole future at that point. Well, you know, as Bill Parcell says, your record is what, <laughs> yeah, it is. But you are what your record says you are. But Bill, you know a guy who threw a lot of picks in his first year and went on to be the, maybe one of the greatest of all I time. Know, I know, but the arrow was up. On the him. needle was moving up. The needle's I, not. Of course, of course. And I'm not saying either of those guys are Peyton. I'm just saying there, there's room to change things as your career progresses. But there's way more questions about both of those guys than answers. Absolutely, absolutely. First of all, first of all, to your point, Rick. Neither should have been put on the field. Correct. Neither should have been put on the field. That was a crime. And 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 I said, and many other knowledgeable, every other knowledgeable football person said the following: Mac Jones is the most ready to play. Yep. Everybody else, Lance, Fields, uh, Wilson, not ready to play. Shut up, talking heads. Shut up, draft industrial complex. Shot up. They're not ready to play. Draft them, sign them, play them in the preseason, put them on the bench, and let them learn their trade. Correct. And 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 these teams haven't. These teams haven't, and they're suffering for. I, I, and Bill, I always often wonder. Maybe this is a separate show, but you know, I, in the development of a quarterback, both the physical toll they may take and the psychological beating from, you know, failing like that and the media's on you. I mean, I wonder what that does to somebody who's been, you know, because all these guys, every every other level they've been in, they're, they're the best player maybe who's ever played at their high school and one of the best at the college they come out of, and all of a sudden now they're an abysmal failure. I mean, I wonder how, you know, how a lot of these guys can bear up under that. Well, I, I, I've seen guys, I've seen guys um, suffer greatly because of it. I've seen people overcome it. Uh, Kerry Collins was one who did, uh, although he had a, his slump really didn't come until he was injured uh, in his in his second year. But uh, the the uh, I've seen guys overcome it, and 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 I've seen people just wither away because of, um, and it's unfortunate. 
Um, Justin Fields, um, 18.7. Uh, he's played uh, 20 games, but he's been hurt too. 6.9, so so just below the threshold. Um, 7.10, of course, uh, acceptable. And, and, and 25.3. Um, again, should never have been put on the field. Um, was not ready to play coming in. Um, you see, to Dominelli's point, put the college film on and it'll show you what he is. The flaws that he had at the college level are still there. It's touch. It's poise in the pocket. It's, um, you know, he, he can do wonderful things with his feet and he's very courageous and very tough. And, uh, and, and he can throw the long ball as well as anybody, but that's where it ends. He's not playing quarterback now. He's not being protected. Um, he, he's, you see flashes, but that's all there are. And, uh, and you know, what is he going to become? I, I, I don't know. You're probably not going to know with Wilson and Lance. I, I think if Lawrence, if Lawrence gets a good offensive coordinator, good quarterback coach, good head coach around him, although they have no talent, no receiving talent, I'm going to put Lawrence in the same group. You're not going to know for three years what, what these kids are going to be. And if you're a general manager, that's a tough place to be. That is a tough place to be. And, you know, and build it to uh, just from an expenditure of capital to draft a guy in the first round, put him out there and do this to them. It to me is just an incredible uh, waste of an asset. And it puts you in lengthy no man's land. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. because then you're gun shy to draft again. I mean, that's where you got to give like Steve Kime and what they did in Arizona, a lot of credit in the sense of we didn't like it, didn't feel right to pull the trigger the next year and to have it kind of work out like this. Took a lot of guts. It did. It did. It absolutely did. <laughs> and, and, and here's the dilemma. I put myself in, in, in every GM's situation uh, in, in, in looking at this. You say to yourself, again, you say all the right things publicly. And, and, and then at 4 o'clock in the morning, you say, Holy mackerel, we're not going to know on this guy for three years. And what if we're wrong? What if he's been so scarred by, by this experience that he, that he can't get better? Exactly. What, if he, what if his ceiling is, is, is that he's a guy we can only win with, not, you know, who can't win for us? And, and, and what, what has all this hype done to, to his psyche? Uh, and, and, you know, those those are all very serious worries that you know GMs don't want to admit to, but but they're really there. And, and at best, at best, all you can say is these guys have ability, and we'll see if they can capitalize on it going forward. Um, but I, I did an interview this morning. Um, and I'm going to reiterate what I said. And this is aimed at fans because the media is never going to change. I understand that the media has, has, has ratings to get and, and clicks to make and all of that. So that's, that's their job. As fans, and let's use 
uh, Fields as a prime example. As fans, you should want that quarterback that you believe in and you're excited about to be the best he can be. You should want him to develop as fast as he can develop, but to do it in a way that's beneficial for him and beneficial for the team. And so when the talking heads scream, put him on the field. He's too good to sit on the bench. You as fans should say, write a letter to the editor or call into the talk show and say, no, no, don't. I want this kid to be around for 10 years playing quarterback very well. Putting him out there now is not going to do it. Exactly. The next time a talking head says, put him out there and build the offense around what he can do. You should call the talk show and say, how did that work out for Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> yeah. Game theory it out. We've seen it work one out of 10 times. So what bet do you want to take? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, and so if your fans vote with your voice and, and say, no, stop the hype. Stop the hype. Stop putting pressure on the teams to put these guys on the field. Stop putting pressure on the player. Was there, what was that? Stop the insanity. Right. It's got to <laughs> end. Yes. Yes. And as, as and now, I also understand, and, and some of them are friends of mine, that the people that drew the, do the draft analysis are, are you know, they, they have to do it for a living, and, and, and that's what they do, and that's fine. There ought to be a disclaimer in front of it, which says these draft analysts are judging these players against their collegiate peers and not against what they're going to play against in the NFL. There should be that disclaimer. You know, Bill, not, not to mention, the, as you were kind of, I think, implying the other part, they want people to watch them say that. And if they basically would end up like, you know, well, we can't really tell what he's going to do in the NFL because he hasn't played in the NFL yet. And he's, I mean, maybe he's okay or maybe he's pretty good. No one's going to listen to that. I understand. I understand. Because they figured out the TV part of it. That's why. That's exactly right. And that's why I was happy to play the role of Buzz Kill Bill. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's don't put him in Canton yet. Hold on. Well, I remember five times seeing you. Well, that's not really how it works. <laughs> but, but I mean, if you literally, if you were from another planet and you watch the NFL draft, even for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks in the evaluation, everybody's going to make it and everybody's going to be amazing. Are you kidding? They might as well fire all the guys from last year because the rookies are just going to come in and take over the and league. Dominate the league. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. And so if you're a fan, my message again, this was for fans, understand that every rookie struggles in the National Football League. Every rookie struggles. Look at Mac Jones. He's in the best situation with the best coach, with the best system. And he didn't play very well against Indianapolis tonight by his own admission. So, and by the way, um, for a rookie misspoke after the game, when he, when he said, you know, well, I could tell we didn't practice very well. I guarantee you he was told to take that out of his lexicon. 
<laughs> you know, they, they all they all make mistakes, and 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 it's it, for them it's all a struggle, and they all hit the hit the wall and all that stuff. It, recognize that, please recognize that, and don't jump all over the coaches, don't jump all over the organization. Uh, you know, now you're you're hearing about. Did the Jets make a mistake? Did Chicago make a mistake? You know, whoa. Yeah, they played them. Yes, they played them, yes. Remember our show a, a year or so ago, Bill, when we went back 15 years in first-round quarterbacks, and 50% were outright busts. That's correct. And a lot more recently. Hey, Bill, I don't know if we're going to get to him, but I thought this would be fun. Way down the list, you only played seven games. If I give you the blind taste test on this, for seven games, basically 1,200 yards, 7.3 average, 14 and 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, and you know QBR of 64.6. It's pretty good. Yes, and I know who it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Will the masked singer un- reveal himself, please? <laughs> Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, who is on, by the way, is he on a one-year contract? Believes on a one-year contract, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So the question is, are you thinking, Scott, are you thinking he might want to come north? No. I, I, to me, I mean, if Jameis is smart, he stays with Sean Payton for life for as long as Sean Payton wants to have him. But that was trending kind of in an interesting direction. It was. Now, unfortunately, we haven't seen what it was going to do, what he could do when the when the when the money was on the line. You know, when we start the dash for cash in November. But uh uh, up until then, the, the trend line was good. Because that's going to be the interesting landing to me, and we'll get into this in the offseason. What they do at quarterback is going to be the most fascinating thing in the offseason. Yeah, it will be. It, 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 there's no question that the quarterback carousel is going to be spinning at a high rate in the offseason. Yeah. Yep. Because so, if maybe I'm crazy. If I was Russ, that's where I'd want to be. Yeah, I hear I hear different rumors about where Russ wants to be, but but we'll see. You know, it's, it's and, and and I don't know why Seattle would let him go necessarily. Also, right, not to mention uh, the uh, purported MVP of this year. Uh, we'll see what happens to him. Well, yeah, that 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 may change too. I mean, as John Madden said. Winning, winning solves all problems. Winning, winning absolves all sins. It cures all diseases. It does. <laughs> it does. You know, it's a happy clubhouse. Yeah, oh. yeah. And, and let's just for uh, just to, to put a cap around it, Davis Mills. We we don't know anything about him yet, uh, uh, other than he's got a nice arm. Uh, Trevor Simeon, you know, has not had a great year. Andy Dalton and Tyrod Taylor are injured again, which makes them, uh, you know, less than desirable going forward. So, and Jacoby Brissett um, is, is uh, you know, a decent and solid backup, 49.4. So he's, he, he's, he's right on the line, you know, he's right on the line. So. Uh, and Tyler Hunty, uh, Tyler Huntley looks to me, like a decent backup. I mean, well, better- whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we'll see. Let's see. If Greg Roman was the coach of every team in the NFL, that's yeah. true. But no, but he has certainly purported himself well in what he's had to do, what he's been up against. Come on, I mean, I'm telling to me, 
if I'm going to this offseason, Jameis is somebody that's keeping me up at night. Uh, probably, yeah. He's in the You know, we'll do a show, uh, before, maybe even before the playoffs begin, we'll do a show. Let's do a show on who will be on the quarterback carousel next year. Yep. That'll be interesting because we have all the numbers to look at. That's right. And then and then we'll and then we'll do a show once the music stops. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, that is our look at quarterbacks in 2022. Thank you, guys. Okay. Merry Christmas, everybody. Great holiday. Enjoy and stay safe. The Christmas present from from the heavens. Snow at Lambeau on Christmas. It's going to be kind of fun. <laughs> All right. All right. Take See care. you guys. Right. See you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.